Today's episode is brought to you by Open Mortgage, where better is possible. To learn more, visit openmortgage.com forward slash join hyphen us. Delays in death records are leaving families in financial limbo. Should you rent or buy your next home in retirement, asked Kiplinger. And Forbes says, your residence is your retirement. These are your top reverse mortgage news stories for the week of May 31st. Happy Memorial Day. You're listening to Heckam World Weekly, the nation's only weekly podcast for the reverse mortgage professional. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution reports delays in death records are leaving Georgia families in financial limbo. The column says in part, Sandra Autry's stable life as the wife of a retired police officer abruptly ended in April when he died in a hospice care facility. And the Scottsdale couple had lived comfortably on a modest income since they married. More than a month after he passed away, she could not access his pension benefits. She still couldn't pull funds out of their joint access, fearing the bank would freeze the funds. And she thought about applying for a reverse mortgage, but... She couldn't do that either. Autry is among many Georgians who are now encountering big delays when it comes to getting the official government record a death certificate. And without it, families, they're left in limbo when it comes to financial and legal dealings, not only impacting pension benefits, but settling the estate, getting life insurance benefits or payouts, or even making funeral arrangements. Everything I try to do, it says I've got to have it, Autry told the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. In fact, many states require that a death certificate be completed promptly within 72 hours. Even in South Carolina, they impose administrative penalties for the doctors who do not comply with that timeline. Georgia law requires that a funeral director complete their portion of the death certificate within 72 hours, but when it comes to doctors, they have up to 30 days to certify, and that's much too long for many, say, critics. $1.45 million was invested by the Peachtree State in 2011 for the GAVR system. That is Georgia's Vital Events Registration System, which records vital records. The problem is, while it has over 3,000 active users, 10 years later, only 92 of those 3,000 users are individual physicians with identification, say, state officials. Believe it or not, a question that some retirees are wrestling with is whether they should rent or buy their next home. And Kiplinger addressed this issue, saying, while the housing market is hot and it's a great time to sell your home, if you're thinking about renting, consider the trade-offs. The longer you rent in retirement, the riskier it becomes. In fact, buying a home usually makes more sense if you plan to stay at least five to seven years so you can recoup some of the costs of the purchase and the sale of the property. The temptation to rent, says Kiplinger's, is understandable. In January, renting was cheaper than buying in 34 of the largest 50 U.S. cities, according to Realtor.com. And you'll find sale and rental listings that confirm that. Now, in those cities, the median monthly rent of $1,727 is actually $261 less per month for a mortgage payment of the standard median-priced home. And Kiplinger's advises that retirees should purchase a home despite the fact that the tax advantages are not 
quite as sweet. That thanks to the Tax Reform Act of 2017, which reduced the amount of mortgage debt that is eligible for an interest deduction from $1 million to $750,000. Then you also have the state and local taxes. Those are capped at $10,000 under the Trump administration's tax plan at that time. And that continues at least until that tax plan expires. Lori Atwood, a financial planner in Washington, D.C., discourages her clients who sell a home from then renting. For one thing, she says, you lose the flexibility of having an asset you can both live in and tap the cash as needed, perhaps through a reverse mortgage. She adds that's particularly important as long-term care insurance becomes less affordable. And renting brings instability, she adds. If the rent keeps going up or someone will throw you out because their cousin wants to move in, risk has come to the retiree and that's the last thing you want. And speaking of the last thing you want, that is to forget to thank the sponsor of this podcast, Open Mortgage, where better is possible. You can do so by clicking on the banner on this page, or you can visit openmortgage.com forward slash join hyphen us. And this week's final story comes to us from Forbes. It says your residence is your retirement. For many contemplating retirement, one's future living arrangements is the most thought about, yet the least acted upon aspect of retirement planning. According to the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics, even though housing is the largest average cost in retirement, older Americans move far less often than the general population, and that home is the last bastion of the status quo. And many prefer to stay in their homes, as we know, unless they're forced to move due to failing health. Yet a house is generally a poorly diversified cash flow intensive investment that historically, says the column, only maintains its price commensurate or comparable with inflation. So you should treat it as a primary decision in retirement planning. But the good news is there is some degree of retirement savings for those who may want to look at creative options at least. Financing a new housing lifestyle gives one choices such as a reverse mortgage, sell leasebacks, and continuing care retirement arrangements, all which are possible funding approaches. Several real-life vignettes are included in the column, and one of those is of Carolyn, that her and her husband retired, moved from cold Minnesota and down to the Florida Keys, couldn't ask for a bigger difference in climate, and they had the retirement dream, a small apartment and a big boat. They loved sailing, but her husband died unexpectedly, and she found herself now facing a new phase in retirement. So she decided to move to a condo in upstate Florida, but she wanted to pay off the boat and finance the new condo. So what did she get? A Heckam for Purchase, a home equity conversion mortgage, which allowed her to purchase the home and have the new residence using the loan proceeds without the obligation of a monthly payment. A reverse mortgage can be expensive, but for Carolyn, it is worth the cost because it protects the cash flow. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Heckam World Weekly. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Don't forget you can go to heckamworld.com and there you can also find our weekly video content, blog articles, and our top 100 Heckam Lenders Report, which comes out on the first of the month, the first business day, that is. So be looking for that on June 1st. Don't forget you can listen and subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. We appreciate you listening and be sure to come back for more reverse mortgage news on the go. 